Hello, everybody. Good day. Welcome to the Your Genius Child podcast, where we decode everything to do with education, learning, creativity, absolutely everything. And we are going to be speaking with Janine Harris today. Janine is an ADHD specialist. She is a teacher at an SEN school in Northamptonshire. And we highly rate Janine. She is incredible. She knows her subject inside out. And she herself was diagnosed as having ADHD. So here we go. Hello. Hello, Janine. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, and you? Yeah, really well, good, girl. thank you. Welcome to the Your Genius <laughs> Child podcast. Thank you, it's nice to be here. Fantastic. Now, Janine, you are a specialist in ADHD. Yes, I am. But you are also diagnosed as having ADHD. So this I is really... Am. Interesting. So tell us all about you. Oh, well, you don't want to know all about me because, uh, yeah, that's a little bit too broad. Um, but in terms of, um, I was diagnosed when I was 41. Um, one of my children was diagnosed first and another one was diagnosed after. Um, but it was after my first child was diagnosed with it that I sort of wondered about it a little bit. Uh, she's also diagnosed with Asperger's. So I kind of knew that I was somewhere on the neurological divergent pathway but I wasn't really sure where um, and I was working as a HLTA at a special school over in Kettering and I was frustrated because I wanted things to be different better um, alternative and um, I couldn't make that happen as a HLTA and the head teacher was pushing me to go and train as a teacher but I had a barrier to that and I couldn't identify what that barrier was. Um, and it was very much imposter syndrome, actually. I've realised that now. Um, sort of like just doubting myself after years and years of not really understanding what's different about me, why I can't quite manage to hold it together. Um, and so eventually she said to me, I think as well as um, going for your PGCE, you also need to go to your GP and ask for a referral for an ASD and ADHD assessment. So that was quite a bold statement, wasn't it? Yeah, wow. <laughs> Very brave of her. Um, but it was, you know, born out of frustration because I really was just literally rattling around inside myself, completely trapped. Um, and so I did. And I went to my GP and I said, I've just burst into tears, actually. And so I don't I'm not convinced you're going to take me seriously. And he sort of put his pen down and, you know, came and sat directly opposite with me and tried to make eye contact, which was difficult for me. And I explained what had happened. The conversation happened with my boss that we felt this was a barrier to me moving forward. Um, and he said it would be impossible for me to know and between you and your boss you definitely know better than me so I'm going to make that referral and I'm going to make it urgent because if, you, if this is, makes a difference when you getting through your PGC and not um, it, that's important so I was done and dusted within four months which is incredibly rare and wouldn't happen now the waiting lists now are much longer um, but that was sort of coming on to four years ago now um, and yeah I was diagnosed and it was the beginning of a new life it was it changed everything um it's very fortunate that I've got a I had a my tutor at um, Bedford College is where my placement was um Sam was just superb um and when I talked to her about my diagnosis she was like what do you need from us and I said I didn't know 
um, as it's all new to me. She arranged for me to have unlimited extensions without having to explain myself in too much detail and for me to be able to leave the room or move around the room if I needed to without having to explain myself. Uh Funny thing was, upon having those accommodations, I never needed to use them because, because I had them and they weren't enforced upon me, they were my choice. That seemed to make a difference to me. And I, it's still something, I mean, I, I recognise it in my own students as well. It's like because they have permission to do things, they don't do them now. Um, it's sort of one of those things that's just sort of quite bizarre because you become self-aware, you realise why you're doing things, so therefore you don't do them. Um, and because you're in control, because I enforce those deadlines upon myself um, and that close proximity to this person or that person to myself, um, I'm in control of that. Therefore, I'm able to function within that really quite, well um to the point where for the first time in my life I was thriving I was top of the class it's never happened to me before and that that ability was always there but it was untapped because I was trapped so obviously the medication helped but also I I say even more than medication that self-awareness has just made such a difference to me and of course this is something that I now use in the classroom and my school my employer uses in the classroom and my network because I have a, a an ADHD um um, presence on um, Facebook and Twitter, ADHD Wise UK, and that's got a lot of following. And I've just been voted as a, uh, nominated as a role model for m- what I do for ADHD because I'm, I guess, an example of how it can work well um, if you've got the right employer, you've got the right mindset, um, the right family support around you, and that sort of thing. I guess I'm an example of how that can work well. So that's me. <laughs> that is amazing. So Janine, where where can people go and vote for you? Give us the link to where they can vote for you. Oh, um, it's on the National Diversity Awards, um, ninth, um, sorry, 2018. So I think that's NDA, I think it's, I think it's hashtag NDA18. And I'm on the um, role models for disability. And then it's Janine Harris. Um, but I can attach a link maybe to, to anywhere that we publish this so that 10 people can actually just click on it and do it that way. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you very much. Janine, tell me, what was it like all the years before? Did you feel, did you feel lost? What, what yeah. did you not, you, you must have, like you say, you, you knew something was up, but it was only when your daughter was diagnosed. How how prevalent do you feel this could be? Do you think that this is, is, is what's happening in families throughout the world? Absolutely, Mel. I can't tell you how much trauma was brought upon me um, by me and by others by not understanding, by not knowing. Um, my parents were told I'd never amount to anything academically. Um, and as you know, Mel, I'm on my third master's degree. I'm now training, I'm doing a psychology master's now. I've already got one in performing arts and actually a third of the master's also in childhood and youth studies. Um, so obviously that, tal- that, that ability was always there. And a lot of my teachers kind of knew that because I'd have those moments where I could go deep and show my potential. But the school system's not really set up to allow you to go deep to get the best out of students like me so I actually believed it when I was told I was lazy and just could just just needed to try harder and concentrate more and and I also believed I was stupid and and that's what I believed and that's that's awful that's traumatic and it was it was never right I always cared enough I was always trying my best I couldn't, I couldn't access the system the way I couldn't do what they wanted me to do, the way they wanted me to do it. I needed them to do it differently. 
And I guess that's, that's obviously what I now do in the classroom. What would you advise? What, if you, what advice would you give to parents of children that could have ADHD? Where would you send them to? Um, if you've got a child who might have ADHD, it is it's still very much the case that you probably need to get school, if at all possible, to acknowledge that. But it can be quite difficult because children's behaviours can manifest in different ways in the home and in school. And one of the one of the requirements for an ADHD diagnosis is it must be it must be noticeable in at least two environments. And of course, with children, that's usually expected to be home and school. Um, and the thing is, school can not necessarily spot it or teachers might be under pressure to not write on, you know, we have the Connors report and they have to fill out all these questions. And um, teachers can be under a little bit of pressure sometimes to not um, portray the child badly. And also it's not comfortable. Filling of those forms is not a comfortable thing to do. Most parents will tell you they're horrible to do. And actually teachers don't like doing them either because it encourages you have to look at the child in the negative light rather than the positive light. And that's obviously contrary to how we want to look at children. So things like that can have an impact on that sort of thing. And also teachers can be a little bit prejudiced against the ADHD label themselves, whether they realise it or not. Mm. But then actually it will come across in school reports and in parents evenings so it's a really good idea to keep those school reports and to make a note of those things that have been said that you that you think indicates ADHD during parents evening and to just email the school and say just a quick note just a quick abbreviation of what you said these are the things that you said fair enough don't even mention ADHD at that point if you don't feel that it's going to help but just be keeping a record of that so that you can present that back to the school when they're suggesting that your child doesn't have that it's information that's available then to your to the psychologist that's looking at your child's case it's also maybe a point that's sort of like you can say to your, your school look you've said this but actually you also said that so you're contradicting yourself please look at this again um it isn't usually the teachers and schools are objecting but it does happen it is often that they don't necessarily it's very difficult to, to we don't do that do we we don't write about students um or our own children in an in a negative light mm. um but that's what you actually have to do in order to get an adhd assessment you've actually got to be real about it you've actually got to acknowledge his weaknesses to students so that's not how we're set up is it no that is you know this the entire story your story is so fascinating because you you are an a your genius child <laughs> because those those individuals who wrote you off academically all those years ago and must have affected negatively affected your confidence greatly and yet and yet you still came back like a boomerang in the and, end <laughs> and we have we have three i mean you you will be you will be dr janine harris yes i will Yes, you will. Yes, I will. <laughs> and so you are a your genius child. So I wonder how many children with ADHD are out there and are being told you will never amount to much, where actually they should be diagnosed with ADHD and they should be our next your genius children so quite quite possibly some of them will be obviously not all will be because mm. adhd is not related to intelligence at all um some people with adhd are uh, I mean, uh, it, uh, you know we've all got different strengths haven't mm. we and mm. um you know uh i've got 
I've got three children. They've all got different intellectual abilities and different strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I have a, a really high functioning um, daughter who's on the Gifted and Talented program, who I actually do believe has um, ADHD, but it would be very it would be impossible to get her diagnosed through the school system through the standard system because she is doing fine. Therefore, you could also you could also argue she doesn't need a diagnosis, but actually that's that's another story for another time. Mm. Whereas her twin brother, who is just as clever, very much so, and incredibly creative, he has the hyperactive type of ADHD, whereas I think Rebecca is probably more the inattentive type. Um, which means he, he presented issues in school. His behaviour was erratic because, you know, he's bouncing around all over the place. Um, so they're twins, but they're, and they're, I think they've got the same condition, but a slightly different manifestation of it. But it is what it is. I'm not qualified at the moment to diagnose these mm-hmm. things. Um, but, um, you know, there's, they've got different strengths and they are themselves, in my opinion, they are their own genius child. William is expected <laughs> to get... He's, he's really, really interested in religious studies. So he's just absolutely just the top of the school for that. Um, and it's, you know, he's thinking about joining the clergy. And um, Rebecca, his twin, is um, looking at um, psychology um, and looking to do possibly criminal psychology or actually even educational psychology. So that's interesting. And they're only 15. They're amazing. Um, and Vicky, bless her, she's got her Asperger's and her, her ADHD. And she's a lovely artist. And she's, been be- she's a beautiful person. She likes her art. She likes her animals. Her life is going to be very, very different. Um, so I think we need to be sort of like mindful that although... Yes, some people with ADHD are capable of just going and doing whatever if only those situations are put in place. We do also need to acknowledge that not everybody with ADHD has, has got that in them. There's not, not, we're not all geniuses. Um, I think we are. Geniuses. I think well, I think, we are. I think that it's definitely our place to never limit a child by, um, we should never do that. We should always see the potential in our students and we should always make them believe in themselves. And it's very, very important either way. Absolutely. Um, now, Janine, is when you when you are diagnosed with ADHD, are you given a medication? Are you yes. given well? What is the medication that you are given? So usually it's um, a methanidate um, as a as a first intervention, um, which is um, your concerters. Um, you're not usually given derivatives of Adderall, which is the one they're given in America. They are only used in the UK as a, a backup if the um, I just want to make sure I get this right. The Ritalin versions are the ones that are usually used in the UK, um, whereas the Adderall ones are often used in the US. Um, we tend to only revert, only revert to the Adderall type ones if the Ritalin ones don't work. Um, and I'm on the, the Ritalin type, as are, as are my son and my daughter. Um, and we take the lowest dose that we can possibly get away with that allow us to function within normal parameters. The rest of it we try to do with diet and exercise and being mindful and just looking after ourselves and talking and learning. Um, but yeah, we do, we take that. Um, in an ideal world, and this is according to the NICE guidelines, in an ideal world, you'd have your medication, plus you'd also have some psychological interventions such as CBT or psychotherapy. But although that's the ideal world, it's not really happening. But I guess that's just the state of our way of being in this country at the moment is that we don't really don't have the funds, do we? No. So, um, you know, it's not it's not happening, but that would be ideal practice is that you'd have those combination of the two. There's a lot of stigma about ADHD um, medication. And um, that's a shame because I think that I'm not although I'm not promoting ADHD medication. I am pro choice on medication. I think it's very important. So because of the funding 
cuts and I mean it's a it's worldwide we, we've seen that there are um, strikes happening in, in in schools teachers throughout America due mm. to funding cuts over there that's another that's another your genius child podcast which we can have a good old rant about in another day <laughs> or two okay. um, do you feel are are there centers where parents can go to to find help I know they're going to have to um, fund this themselves are there private centers that parents can take their children to for help with ADHD no no not that I'm aware of um I I, I mean obviously when this goes out people I'm, I'm really hopeful that people will say actually yes and they're here and they're here and they're here mm. wouldn't that be amazing that would be a really good thing if but I'm I'm not really aware of it there are lots and lots of support support groups around the country some of them run parenting support groups and um and child groups um and and just t- an adult training and teacher training mm. um so there's a there are a whole network of that and I would be able to put people in contact with that sort of thing but actually if there was a place to go um that does things very well I'd suggest ADHD foundation that are based up in Liverpool Mm -hmm. they have a lot going on um and I'd say that as far as I'm aware they are the closest to a one-stop shop they multimodal um and do an awful lot for the ADHD community they've brought us all together in lots of different ways um and ADHD action are a more political um avenue for us to we're trying to enforce change and i'm involved with both of those groups as much as i possibly can be and it's lovely that we're all working together now and i think we'll see change because we are all working together now um i talk to lots of amazing people with adhd or supporters of adhd every day um and there we are a, we are now a community and a network and um therefore as slow as it is we are enforcing change that is as fascinating that there is no help now um, I wouldn't think, say there's no help, but well, there's not a one-stop place for that help. There's not a one-stop shop where, <laughs> no. where we can go, unfortunately, which is great. But there, there can be. There, there should be in the future. Now, you are contributing to the Your Genius Child book. And yes. we are going to be setting up a summit in London within the next few months to the next mm-hmm. year. And yes. you are going to be delivering training and a talk all about your experience and ADHD so that anybody anybody interested in the subject will be able to attend the Your Genius Child Summit. They'll be able to get the Your Genius Child book and they'll be able to listen more you know, fully to your story and your recommendations. So all of the information that you are going to recommend and all the training, you actually deliver ADH training to teachers. Tell us more about that. Um, Well, I obviously have um, a subjective experience of ADHD, but I also have, I've got the objective and the subjective because I am a psychology student. I am a teacher. I'm a professional in the field. Plus I have my own personal experience. So I'd say my training is unique. Um, And um, I also want to sort of like launch a a roadshow because uh, one of the things that I'm doing independently is um, I'm going, I'm I'm writing a, a program called From Daydream Believer to High Achiever. Um, and um, that is sort of like my ADHD story. So under under that is my story. There is my from from me personally. There's my story of how I how I broke down barriers for my son um, with the no matter what philosophy, and um, and also what I do in the classroom, what works in the classroom. So not just works for me as an ADHD teacher, but what I've been able to 
put in place for other teachers that they're telling me works. So um, there's, I've got I've got a lot to share with regards to that um, from sort of like how, how we break down barriers to learning for students with ADHD. I think that's very important, but also how we help parents to support their children with ADHD and how we help children to support themselves, because ultimately what we actually need to be doing is we don't want to be their superhero. We want to make them their own superhero. Mm-hmm. We, we need to be helping them to develop their own cape and fly. Janine, where where can we find? Where is your website? Or do we go to your Facebook page? What do we do? Where do we go to find? For now, go to my Facebook page, which is um, ADHD Wise UK. Um, I am in by the end of the summer. My my website will be finished, which is www.adhdwise.uk. Um, but it's not finished at the moment. Um, I've got contributions coming from other people because I've, I can't I cannot do it on my own. I don't want to do it on my own. I never wanted ADHD Wise to be the Janine show I always wanted it to be a collaboration and I'm beginning to make that happen now so it's it's all really good um and it'll be done by by um by September that is absolutely I'll tell you what it's been fascinating speaking with you and just listening it's I'm sure that there you've just touched on the tip of the iceberg I really have I could have I've got notes in front of me but all sorts of things I could have said to you <laughs> Uh, we, you've got to come back. You need, you need a whole other podcast for this. But this is, I think... It would be lovely to do one, actually, on ADHD and literacy, because that's my main subject in school, although I'm, you know, technically a sort of like a drama teacher. I, I you know, I have got... I am a, I'm a literacy teacher, and I've got a lot to say about breaking down barriers for literacy. And I know that's, you know, part of your baby, too. Yeah. Um, so it'd be really good to have that conversation another time. I think we shall do... We're going to... I tell you what, folks, we're going to schedule in... <laughs> An ADHD and literacy podcast. This will be our next podcast, and I will book Janine in in advance because she's a very, very busy lady. I mean, it's very, very difficult to tie you down and get you available for 15 minutes. I must say, I'm, I'm amazed that we managed to do this one today, but we will certainly, certainly, this is, this is very, very interesting stuff. And I think that if parents, teachers, um, carers, grandparents, absolutely everybody knew more and understood ADHD and went to training with folks like you and went to your talks and your seminars and came to the Your Genius Child Summit, read our books. We are going to turn things around big time. Yeah, it's only through lack of understanding. It's just if we understand how to support these students, we can often make life easier for ourselves as teachers and parents. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so very much, Janine. You're very welcome. We will be speaking with you next week again soon. And thank you to all of our Your Genius (laughs) Child listeners. Let's say goodbye to Janine and we will be back. Bye-bye then. Bye. That was awesome. How interesting to hear all of that incredible information from Janine Harris about ADHD. Be sure to tune in to our next episode. I will certainly track Janine down and we are going to have a chat about ADHD and literacy in our next podcast. That is sure to be a very, very interesting listen. Have a fantastic day and don't forget... Every child is a your genius child and so too are all of us and you and me and all of us. Have a lovely day.